1: To the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Let it
2: rain. Remember the class where I taught y'all how to make it rain.
3: Make it rain.
2: Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All All right, guys. Welcome in here on a Tuesday as we uh, as we get ready to make it rain here for the rest of the week. Joe and Ari, Dane Martinez, as uh, we continue day number two here live from uh, live from New York City. As we uh try and make sense and heads and tails of uh the day in sports, not only uh, yesterday, but of course uh, looking forward to today and the rest of the week. Got a little golf uh getting ready to go on uh here uh this week. Sure. So we'll take a look at that. Also wanna take a look at some of the future prices in the NBA, given that that's all gonna that's all gonna get blown up here once once guys start dropping dominoes here and start signing. So Uh, The big question is, and that's what we'll look at, is whether or not there's any value currently on the board prior to guys like Mm. Kawhi and Durant and Kyrie. Because once those dominoes start falling, whatever value might be available right now, guys, is not going to be there after the free agency period. So definitely want to take a look at that. Of course, the MVP uh, was announced yesterday in the NBA. We had an awards show. Which uh is total sketch if you ask me. Uh I, I don't understand it. I don't realize why I don't know. I, I really don't understand the timing of it. We do have some NFL news as well with Tyreek Hill. Uh it looks like the NFL is finally gonna get around to talking to him, so that's you know, that's oh, good that's news. Nice. Yeah, that's good news too. Uh so you know, the question's gotta be asked there. Is there any value with guys like Tyreek Hill still hanging out in the wind there uh with wind totals and uh, and things along those lines. So we got a lot to get to here of course. We'll, we'll take a look at the Women's US Soccer team who uh who took care of business yesterday, although not without controversy, right? So that's uh that's always fun. And we'll take a look at the uh the soccer plays here moving forward. So uh so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun there, Dane, and uh you know, it was a pleasure having a chance to come in and and see you last night, man. Meet you finally, and uh, check out your show live here in the uh, with the pit of misery and the guys. And uh, you were killing it last night, and you had some uh, some very interesting OJ uh, tweets. I see there that you were uh, that you were putting up there. See, and I told you, I warned you this last week when I when I pointed yep. it out to you. I said, dude, don't don't look for long. It's kind of like Medusa. Like if you if you spend too much time looking at it. It'll suck you in, man. It just, and it, and that's exactly what it appears to have done to you, my friend. OJ is just sucking you right in, isn't he?
4: Absolutely. <laughs> I will admit it. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Joe. What a degenerate's out there. Absolutely. I mean, this is the gift that keeps on giving, Joe. I mean, come on. And I mean, honestly, what really struck me, and we said it, you know, we said it last week the dude's first tweet was legitimately about fantasy football and Mm -hmm. who he should draft in the first round. I mean, it's almost like he was giving me a present, you know what I mean? So, I think that's what really started it, and now I'm going crazy a little bit, but yes, (laughs) and it was great to see you yesterday, Joe, stopping by a little bit, right before Fantasy Freestyle, and also, we gotta send Venmo Brian uh, that clip that we took, right? The pictures that we took, because I think that they're gonna have a, they're gonna find a way to use that for make it rain, for sure. We'll, We'll keep it as a surprise for the listeners but we were able to uh you know use use some uh use some good old technology
2: yes we did and uh yeah. of course uh not of which uh, we had back in the 1990s uh, but we will uh we will check out with venmo brian and see how that works uh the yankees uh did a little something last night too that uh, hasn't been done they went ahead and broke uh yet another record a home run record hit another home run last night hicks uh, i guess that's number 27 27, uh, games yeah, 27 games in a row. in a with a home run in a... Uh, and that game was not nearly as close as the score uh, indicates there. 10-8. They got a, a late, I think, eighth inning right. or ninth inning home grand slam, which uh, yeah. uh, congratulations. But really, uh, yeah, it wasn't even did that close. you see the really ball close.
1: hit there last
4: night?
2: Yeah, that he was... Hit. They're still Wah! looking for it. They're still looking yeah. for it. And Wah, I did man. hear also, don't forget, guys, Yankees, uh, Red Sox, are on their way to London. And... Uh, I got to look at the dimensions of that field. Now, you know, don't forget, baseball fields are extremely weird shaped. They're irregular. They're supposed to be like a diamond, but you know, the outfield's are all strange. Uh, Dead center field, three seventy five. That will be the yeah. It will be the shortest center field porch in uh, in Major League Baseball history at three seventy five. So. And there's only so much you can do because they're putting it in the middle of a soccer stadium. So it, it's interesting. Right. They will, though, however, and this is, is, is kind of the over. Uh, I, you gotta, I'm going to take the over to juice balls. But I'm amazed that uh, they're building this stadium inside, obviously, the, the soccer uh, field there. But somehow or another, they're managing to put up a protective netting. Uh, when they build this field, uh, which is shocking to me because from what I understand, it was just way too big a hassle for a lot of these major league teams to put up uh, this protective netting. But somehow or another, the guys in London who are building this field will have no problem putting up uh, protective netting all up and down the first and third base uh, sides because I guess the last thing MLB wants is a dude... Uh, getting that's a uh, you know a ball off the side of the face uh, on uh, on national it's television here, yeah. right, yeah. that, that might be a problem.
3: That might be a problem. All
2: right, we got plenty to get to here as we look to make it rain for you on a Tuesday. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come back and join us.
3: to andro400.com or call 888 andro 400 dot com. 400com
2: Nice, very nice touch there with the Beatles. I guess that's a uh, London reference, right? Since uh, baseball's on its way over to London in a soccer stadium with a 375-foot uh, center field fence. So that should be a lot of fun. I'm going to take the over there. Welcome in. Yeah. As we get rain, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Ranieri here in the Fantasy Sports Radio Network studios. Uh, Midtown Manhattan. Dane Martinez uh, just up the road, as a matter of fact. Uh, also here as we get ready for... Uh, a week of uh, some interesting sports. We had the College World Series going on last night, uh which uh congratulations to Michigan if they were they needed to win that game last night because the uh the pitching from Vanderbilt is, is woo. uh the guy they That's got the best to, of 3, right? It's a best of 3, yeah. And they uh you know Vanderbilt's one weakness has been they couldn't hit left-handed pitching and that was uh the guy they had on the mound for Michigan last night, one of the best left-handers all year in the country. So uh, they took care of business. Got game one. The guy they uh, they're facing tonight, this kid Kumar, a freshman from uh, from Vanderbilt, uh, just a couple of weeks ago through a uh, through a no hitter against Duke here in, in the Super Regionals. So th- this kid is just nasty. So uh, it looks like it's going to go three. Uh, I think it's going to go three unless something crazy happens. But this kid is almost unhittable as a freshman. So it's uh it'll be fun. Michigan Vanderbilt, two teams that almost nobody thought they would have in the uh, in the College World Series, but. Game two, getting ready to take center stage. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but let's dive into the uh, the international. I'm sorry, the NBA awards last night. Yeah. So, um, really, it did feel like I was watching the European uh, ESPYS or something know, along right? those lines last night because not Luka, only Giannis,
4: Siakam,
2: uh, Gobert, uh, uh, yeah, everybody right? is from someplace else. So they uh, certainly not the uh, the U.S. Uh, NBA awards at all. You are looking at a completely and if you haven't figured it out now, uh, the NBA has done a really good job of becoming a uh, a world sport here something the nfl has desperately been trying to do for a very very long time which is you know why the whole london thing uh, took shape they really they own the u.s and north america for the most part congratulations there but they have not nearly uh had the kind of effect that the nba has overseas and you don't look after i mean just look at what you had you mentioned Giannis, right mvp Doncic uh from uh, slovenia won the rookie of the year gobert from france Defensive player of the year. And then Pascal Siakam, who is from Cameroon, he won the most improved player. So and this all coming off the heels of the Toronto Raptors, guys, winning an NBA championship in Canada. So the NBA NBA has far succeeded, I think, many, uh, you know, coming close to baseball, which, of course, we know on the world stage is huge. But the growth overseas for the NBA Guys, it shows and I would not at all be surprised if you start seeing a lot more of these 18 year old kids going, you know what uh, heading overseas to play for a year or two before they start making their trek back to the uh, to the right. NBA. I would not at all forget college. Uh, they're going overseas play against men, uh, you know refine their game. I know there was a kid this year that uh, that actually did that. And two even decided to do that. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're going to see more and more do uh, doing that. So not a big surprise with Giannis last night. I I don't I don't understand the timing of the whole thing, there, Dane. But it's uh, but it was it was impressive none the same. Uh, I don't think there was any big surprises. Maybe in totality, the fact that uh, every European player. Uh, won an award for the most part and a lot of the u.s guys including james harden who apparently is a little bent out of shape that uh that he didn't win the award he was second again but uh, i don't think there was any question Giannis was uh he was obviously the favorite and he, he should be he was on the best team he was the best player on the best team period forget about what happened in the playoffs uh for, you know for 82 games was there anybody better than Giannis? i don't think so
4: i agree with you and also when you think about it um you got to consider defense, too. And, and you know, Harden, threw, Harden could score like 35, 36 points a game, but Giannis was the far better defensive player. And last time I checked, defense also matters, you know. When you talk about the international stuff, though, Joe, you know, I really go back to um, – I go back to the Dream Team. You know, I go back to the Dream Team in 1992 and how they really, I think, really helped international basketball when people from, you know, all over the globe could see this team of stars coming together. And there really has been no National Football League analog, you know? There was no, team, there was no time where kids, you know, growing up could see these stars really playing. And I really do believe the Dream Team had a lot to do with it. You are right. We had a lot of international winners. But Joe... Let's not forget to give a shout out to our friend of the show, Lou Williams, who won the mm. Sixth Man of the Year. Yes. Okay, this guy, uh, you know, Sixth Man, he's got six girlfriends. And remember, we also said Le'Veon Bell could take a, you know, a page out of his playbook. If you remember, uh, Le'Veon got got took. Yes. recently by uh trying to do his best Lou Williams impersonation uh with the two girls. So shout out to Lou Williams also six man of the year and we are you know we're always fans of our guy Lou Williams.
2: Yep, Sabonis and uh and Montrez Harrell of course from the uh, his Clippers teammate there were also uh yeah. up for the award. Uh, Go beat out Giannis and Paul George. Paul George. Yeah,
4: technically one of them has to be a seventh man?
2: Yeah, you would think, right?
4: One of them is the seventh man, then, yeah. technically, right?
2: Somebody's got a seventh I and eighth. Harrell. There you because go. Because if
4: Lou was the sixth. I don't know
2: how you can <laughs> convince me that Giannis is a seventh or eighth man, but uh, he is um, defensive. Yeah, he was right behind uh, Rudy Gobert for defensive player of the huh. year. Uh, and I can tell you, too, most improved. D'Angelo Russell was right behind Pascal. Uh, De'Aaron Fox also from Sacramento. Uh Had another amazing year. So, you know, you start looking at some of these younger guys, the guys that finished second and third, Trey Young for Rookie of the Year, DeAndre Ayton from from Phoenix, guys that uh, they had incredible seasons, and certainly the talent level in the NBA looks, shall I say, uh, they're going to be just fine, especially with the new crop, with the Zions coming in, really good stuff and uh was a boodenholzer one coach of the year as well again as well as he should uh That's you know i mean how many how many more games did he have to win during the regular season uh, especially at home before you go all right this guy did a really good job uh malone uh, second from denver also and uh, doc rivers who did a amazing job with that clippers team what a clippers team that everyone thought was well dismantling right selling off pieces there kind of giving up on the uh, on the right. season clearing cap space and I think they kind of lucked into the situation of going, "Wow, we got rid of some ball slogs here. We actually we look like a better basketball team here now that we've uh, now that we've shipped the the dead weight off." And uh, they did, and it's uh, you know so congratulations to the to the NBA to the NBA winners last night. It's uh, we got a lot uh, we got free agency coming up uh, around the corner, which is why we'll spend some time today talking about. The uh, free agency rumor mill is, uh, is churning up, and we always love to dive into some of those because it's amazing to me when you hear these rumors, you know, you, the BS meter has to go up. You've got you to give it a grading. you know, why, what level right. of BS am I hearing now, you know, because we've already heard a, a million stories about Kawhi Leonard, but the reality is nobody, and only a handful of guys are going really, because I have no idea what the hell the dude's thinking, and no, nobody, nobody has any idea what he is thinking. Nobody knows who he's meeting with, but we continue to be told on a on a daily basis exactly what Kawhi Leonard's going to be doing, Durant as well. Uh, and the noise is starting to get really loud around Kevin Durant, of course, Kyrie Irving, and mm. will they or won't they? So there's a uh, there's a few I things. Bought a,
4: ho- a house in Manhattan.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, Durant moved all his business operations here and his people. Yep. But you know, listen, it, <laughs> moving your business uh, to the off season to New York is not uh, the, same the same as moving your you know your playing days. It, it's a totally different ball game. But again. Everyone wants us to believe one thing or another. So to me it's all a matter of why are why are people telling us this and where is it coming from? And we'll look into some of those things, but your soccer uh, yesterday, by the way. Can, yeah. uh, congratulations on the US victory. And uh, I guess Megan Rapinoe, right? That was the uh that was the game winner. And minus 250 favorites, three-way betting including the draw after 90 plus minutes. Uh how cool was that? But the I guess they pushed. It, it, it closes a one-point uh, total.
4: Yeah, I took a minus a goal. So minus I, a I goal. Pushing there. But a lot of people had them at minus one-and-a-half. Yeah. And if you remember, yesterday morning, I said the one-and-a-half scares me a little bit. I moved it to minus one. Right. And ultimately got the push. So if you had one-and-a-half, you got banked
2: out. The over also, two-and-a-half, ended up okay. cashing in. So what does it mean next for out, the U.S.? Out. What are we looking at here today? We'll talk about that. We'll look to make it rain for you here on A2 Tuesday. Come back and join us the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Dickerson had some pop and some speed when he was with San Diego. It never really worked out. Will it work out with him with the Giants? I don't know, but Duggar was just so poor. He was not playing well at all. That was one of my sleepers going into the year. I thought this is 20 steals, 250, not even coming close and doesn't look like a major league player either. So maybe Dickerson takes the ball and runs with it. Weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on the FATSY Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
2: All right, so where does the value lie here in the NBA? Is there anybody that we should be buying right now before the craziness happens with the free agency period? Good morning. Welcome in here to Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We make it rain, that's what we do. He is Dane Martinez. I am Joe and Welcome in here, guys, on a uh, on a Tuesday as we uh, as we try and uh, it's going to be crazy. I mean, let's face it. It's already crazy. The amount of uh, the rumors and everything else that's been going on here, uh, you know, will they, won't they? I mean, we we didn't even get a champion crown yet before the, the talk about who was going to stay and who's not. It's, it's a bit crazy here in the NBA right now, which, and let me tell you something, when you have craziness like this, Dane, that means opportunity for betters. Because of the unknown, you've got a lot of factors at work here. You've got public perception uh, of how good a team is and what they are. You've got Vegas. Now, keep in mind, Vegas isn't trying to be perfect here. Vegas is just trying to leverage things like public perception and, you know, trying to entice people, especially public betters, the opportunity to say, all right, you know, hey, here's a team that, uh, you know, you like this year and you think is going to be good next year. And, well, they throw these numbers up there, but we all know these numbers are going to change once the dominoes start falling. So the big question is, Dan, is there anything here that uh, taking a look at right off the the bat... Yeah, and the future odds. And I can tell you the one that I don't care I what it. happens. I, I, don't, yep. <laughs> I don't care what happens. I am taking the under on the Toronto Raptors at 52-and-a-half. And I'm going to tell you why. I, whether Kawhi comes back or not, if he doesn't come back, great. Well, the go. under is still good to go. Even if he comes back, guys, we have seen this time and time again. These guys just played two extra months of basketball. All right, And championship teams, we've seen this usually the first couple of months of next season, they're not great uh, by any stretch of the imagination. A, the rest of the East has now seen them, played them, teams like Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Yeah, they got targets on their back, which means they're going to get the the A effort every night. Doesn't make a difference if they're playing the bottom half or the top half. Uh, But we've seen how wear and tear, especially they're not exactly spring chickens on that team. They're not, uh, they're not the youngest of, uh, of teams. Uh, there's going to be a little lull there, I think, in the first couple of months, uh, and we've seen it time and time again. So I-, I think if it got somewhere, if the number dropped to maybe about 47, 47 and a half, I would consider the over. But at 52 and a half, to me, I don't care if Kawhi signs or doesn't sign. Uh, the 52.5 is is one of these numbers, guys, that you, you've you got to be looking at the under because the variance, it shouldn't matter on the number. This isn't, you know, like, uh, oh, the Kawhi, they're going to be, they're terrible. But what if he signs? Well, if he signs, they're still going to be terrible for the first couple of months. Terrible from the standpoint of there's going to be a lot of those load management games with Kawhi. They, you know, now that they've been there and done that, Pacing they're gonna understand is, is a huge, huge factor. I wouldn't expect anywhere near fifty two and a half wins next year for the uh for the Toronto Raptors, whether Kawhi stays or doesn't, Dane.
4: Yeah, that makes sense to me. Also, you know, when a team wins the championship, they wind up going on the talk show circuit, too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, late night with Jimmy Fallon, we'll have Kawhi and Lowry on it, you know, that sort of stuff. So, um, and to your point, they've played an an extra two months of a season, and a lot of these guys, you know, the Pascal Siakams of the world have never done that before. So we shall see. I think that's pretty interesting. So I agree with that on an underside. When we look at season win totals, I I set it before the draft, and then I liked the haul this team got – The Atlanta Hawks, Joe, the Atlanta Hawks won 29 games last year. Their season win total has not moved since even before the draft. It is still only at 32 and a half. I think they can improve on last year's win total by three games. I liked what Trey Young was doing more in the second half of the season, coming on strong. I believe that development will continue. And they got two of the top ten picks in the draft, okay, in DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. And don't look now, but because they have this big young core, I would not be surprised if the Atlanta Hawks land a free agent. Um they got a lot of young talent in there. You got Vince Carter coming back for like his age 73 season. And and then I would not be surprised if they land one of these kind of mid-level free agents. Remember Al Horford used to be there. He's now on the, you know, out there on the market. So I think the Atlanta Hawks as an over would be a team that I like. Um and then you know, you want to anticipate, Joe. You want to try to anticipate who might be getting players right so that their lines will be a lot better now than they will be in two weeks? You know, because they go down. And there's a few when I look at the uh, futures for the championship or the conferences that I like. But I don't know if you got any other win totals you want to throw out.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's and you're right. I mean, I, I do, I do think Atlanta is when it all comes together. I think they're going to be yeah, they're they're going to be pretty damn good. And I think they're certainly going to be one of those. Five, six, seven seeds, I, I think, uh, you know, battling somewhere along those lines there in the think East.
4: They're a 500 team. I yep. mean, 32 wins, Joe. That's like 10 games below and, 500. Uh,
2: exactly. And I, I, they're going to be a middle-tier playoff team. Uh, if not next year, certainly in the next year, they should be able to get 37, 38 wins, and uh, I don't see that being a problem at all. So the over is definitely some value in there. And I don't know what to do with the... the The Spurs, I think the San Antonio Spurs are somewhere around 45, 45 and a half. Now, they won 48 games last year. They went 26 and 15 versus teams under 500, which, of course, is typical uh, Popovich basketball, right? You beat the teams you're supposed to beat, there, guys. Okay, let's uh, let's be realistic here. I, I don't know that they'll take a step back in free agency. I think what San Antonio does really, really well is they find the right pieces, and Popovich puts guys in places to be able to be successful. So, right. um, stability of the team is extremely important. They consistently. Uh, During the regular season, they schedule and they rotate their players to win games. So this is not a – Popovich never, so to speak, mails it in or sits guys or does things without a purpose or at least without knowing he gives his team still a chance to win here. So um, at 45 wins, you know, I think they can go over 45 in a heartbeat. And I can tell you this organization with that kind of stability – they are always going to continue to get better, whether it be free agency, some of the moves early on in this. whatever they've got to do, they are going to be a contender. And I don't think they are happy at all getting bounced out there by Denver. And uh, Popovich, I think he understands the value of home court. uh, Can we admit that? So... This is not a guy I don't think that's going to bail or uh, on any sort of uh, possible wins. He's going to beat the teams he's supposed to beat, and he's going to make the moves he needs to to make in order to win games. So give me the over for sure. If you can get it at 44, 44... I'm seeing it 44.5 to 45.5. 44.5. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I can definitely see the San Antonio Spurs coming back next year. 46, 47, 48, 49 wins. Uh, they won 48... Last year, and they still uh, were twenty six and fifteen against teams under five hundred. I, I, I'm, I'm confident in Popovich coming back with a uh, close to fifty win season.
4: Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, I like Pop coming back. I think you made that. Uh, I think that's a good point. Remember, also another year with DeRozan. Yes, together they'll. I, I think you're right. They'll figure out. Uh, Pop will figure out the pieces he has and how to make. The oh best yeah, out of them. They yep. needed that home court. Remember that Denver San Antonio series. Two teams with great Thank home you. court advantages. Yep. Yeah. Just uh, I got I got two more I want to give you. But sure. first of all, just I mentioned the Hawks, right? Mm-hmm. And like, listen, if you think they're a fringe playoff team, Joe, then they're above thirty-two and a half. Yes. You know, even in the even in the bad Eastern Conference, the eighth seed was the Detroit Pistons. They went forty-one and forty-one. At 500, exactly. Yep. That's 41. That's That's way over. Even, you know, Charlotte, who was in the mix. Your Miami Heat, who were in the mix. They had 39 wins, even though they didn't make it. So, I mean, I do think if you think the Hawks are going to be around and playoff contender, over 32 is the place to be. And then, Joe, I got two teams um, that are at like 45 wins or 46 wins that I think is absolutely ridiculous. Right. One. Uh, I'm going to get ahead of this. I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to land some big fish, and I'm taking the over on the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I think there's just too much smoke for there to not be some fire here. Um, I do believe Kyrie, KD, and remember, they got a nice little team anyway, right? And and a lot of people were thinking that they were doing uh, good things last year. They had 42 wins last year. Their over-under, I see, is at 46 and a half. Um, and I, I think, I think they're going to get Kyrie Irving at least. Um, so that's one, the other, and, and Joe, I, I can't believe this. And maybe, you know, when you say the, the books, they hang these things to capitalize on public perception, right? Yes. Um, Joe, I'm going to take the over on the golden state warriors, Joe,
2: (laughs) (laughs) sick, sick man. What is wrong with you?
4: the Golden State Warriors are 46 and a half. Are you kidding me? You think who thinks the Golden State Warriors are like are gonna be a free like that almost doesn't make the playoffs in the Western Conference? This is still Steph Curry, Draymond Green. Yep. Oh, and by the way, guys, they'll have money to spend also. Okay. Um, and I also looked at the damn futures to win the championship, Joe. Yes. The Golden State Warriors are plus 1,300 yep. to win the championship. Okay. And let me tell you something. By the playoffs next year, Klay Thompson will be back. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what we have is that team that won 73 games, yes. right? Um, in essence. And you're going to give me 12 or 13 to 1 on that team to get through the Western Conference again? I'll take it. You may even have KD riding it on a white horse and the Cavalry coming in towards the end of that playoffs, also if he wants to push it. Right. I have no idea how the Golden State Warriors are forty-six wins um and thirteen to one to win the championship. Give me the over on the Golden State Warriors win total. I think people are out of their damn mind and forgetting about Steph Curry and Draymond Green and whoever else they may wind up
2: having. The Nets scare me, I'm not gonna lie, at forty seven and a half wins just because the variance in what can happen to the Brooklyn Nets organization and free agency is is unbelievable. You know, if Kyrie comes and Kevin Durant doesn't, you know, you've got to, the amount that they have to give up for getting just Kyrie alone is doesn't make them a, a necessarily a better team than they were last year. So there's, there's a lot of things that scare me, a lot of things I'm happy about, But the Nets are a team I would just go, you know what, let me see what the hell happens here first before making a decision. But we'll get to more of these coming up as we make it rain to Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
3: for a decade. I was like, I'm just going to try it. My pants are like falling off
2: Yeah, we've got uh we got chalk all over the place last night in uh in major league baseball, that's for sure. Welcome in here, Megan Rain, to Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh yeah, it was kind of ugly last night here as, uh the favorites went six and one. Diamondbacks were the only dog to make any money last night for their uh for the backers there. And plus one twenty-three. They ended up beating the Dodgers. Granky takes uh Kershaw yard last night. How do you like that? Uh, Home teams uh, also seem to be the flavor. Six and one. The Rockies were the only road team to win. They were minus 115 road favorites, though. They beat the San Francisco 49ers, albeit only two nothing. Uh, It is still two nothing. Overs were four and three last night in MLB. Of course, the Yankees uh, did what they do. They scored a lot of runs. They gave up a lot of runs, but they. Yeah, they scored a lot of runs. 10-8 over uh Toronto and if it wasn't for a late inning grand slam, we'd probably be uh we'd probably be laughing at the score right now. But Yankees win, uh, Red Sox come from behind do a little walk-off situation there. Giolito pitched well. They both uh, both teams uh did very very well against each other there. It certainly wasn't a cakewalk for Boston, but they have not been good at home this year. Uh, they're barely 500 in Fenway Park, uh, a place they yeah. used to thrive on. It's not what's happening this year for them, uh, but they uh, continue to be looking up, uh, and that is going to be an interesting series there because Chicago is not a cakewalk. The White Sox, uh, the bats are starting to come around. They got some guys that can mash in that lineup, just like you know what seems to be every lineup here in Major League Baseball these days. But keep an eye on the uh, the White Sox, man. They are uh, they are coming. But also keep an eye on. Uh, the Mets, because you just don't know. I don't think we've hit rock bottom here with this team just yet, Dane. Uh, but I got to tell you, if it wasn't for threatening to kill local beat reporters, we've also now are finding out, I guess, that Mickey Calloway is taking orders during the game from Brody Van uh, Wagonen, of course, Wagenen. the the general manager slash Agent. Agent. Yeah, who <laughs> uh, who basically managed outside. Uh, it, you know, he's DeGrom's agent. He's a, a few other guys there. Uh, Cano and, and a few, yeah. So, you know, he's the agent of some, uh, some other players that nobody else wanted to sign. So he's like, yeah, I'll take the general manager's job. Come over. I'll sign you with the Mets. And I guess there was a start a couple of weeks back or last month, wasn't it, where uh, DeGrom had uh, some sort of hip issue out on the mound, and, and it was noticeable, but I guess the phone came in. The phone call came in to a trainer is what is being reported, and the trainer told uh, him, go go tell Mickey, get him out of the game. And DeGrom wasn't happy with being taken out, but apparently it wasn't Callaway's decision. It was the general manager's decision. And this is what happens when you get a rookie general manager You've got a rookie, uh, you know, head coach. This guy was the pitching coach of the Cleveland Indians. This is not a – neither one of these guys has been in the positions they are for very, very long. So when you have that in a small market, these types of things can be mitigated to a certain degree. But you're in New York, and when you're in New York, that media will eat you alive. The minute that they smell, there's blood in the water – And stories like this are just being fed. And that's why it's important to have experience at the top, right, with Major League Baseball teams where general managers would never allow things like this to leak out. And the fact that you and I were even talking about it and that the media jumped all over it with the – and this is coming 24 hours after they had to apologize sort of about threatening to kill the guy from Newsday – uh, they find them. The Mets organization had to find Mickey Callaway for getting into the fight, which should never happen ever. You can't allow that kind of stuff, especially in New York. I mean, listen, if it would happen in Kansas City, if you were with the Kansas City Royals, it still would have been a big story because you just can't do that. Uh, they find them. Um, everybody's calling for Mickey Calloway's head, but now you're hearing that the general manager slash agent is having some sort of effect on what Callaway does with the lineup or at least the moves that are going on the field. Now, Brody, of course, denies it, says that doesn't happen. He's got all decision. But you're going to tell me, a guy you just, what, gave $132 million to there in the long term, DeGrom in the offseason, are you going to tell me that you didn't pick up the phone and call at least the trainer while you were watching it on TV and everyone's like, wow, DeGrom doesn't look good? Like, there's something wrong with it. Like, you're going to tell me you didn't pick up the phone, call a trainer, and say, get his ass out of the game. And I I don't, you know, one part of me goes, I understand. He's your client. He's also, as a general, your job is to protect $132 million investment. But what in the hell is the manager? Isn't that the manager's job as well? So so it's just a mess. It's interesting because I think, I
4: think, you know, there's a number of things at play here. Okay. And if we lump them all together, that's one thing, but let me try and take them. I I see three different things here. Okay. One, your point about how new manager, new GM, their idea of being able to control the narrative. And if things leak or not to the media, that's one thing, right? And that's, that's slapstick that's poor that's novice gming novice managing letting that narrative even get out to the media especially in a place like new york i completely agree with you on that one joe there that's a little weird okay the second part about um you know the idea of like him uh, Brady calling down to like neuter the manager and kind of make those decisions. I think that's a little crazy. We're in this money ball era, you know, and the managers are like being told how to make the lineups and stuff like that. That's a little crazy. You know, they should just make them, the managers be like computers to spit out win (laughs) probability. Right. You know? And so I agree with you. That's a little crazy. I liked my managers going on gut feel from back in the day, playing the hunch. Where's the hit and run for God's sakes these days. You know what I mean? However, the third point, and I think you got at this a little bit. I'm actually okay with the idea of the front office overriding a manager when it comes to protecting an asset of it for injury, yeah. right? I think that's valid. Okay, I think it's okay for the team, you know, and the, and the front office or the GM, especially. You mentioned hundred and thirty-two million dollar asset that Degrom is. I actually think it is okay for the front office to kind of like almost override what the manager is doing when it comes to protecting an asset via injury, not being like, Hey, you should pinch it against this guy. I think he's good against righties. That should be the manager. But I do believe the front office, when it comes to injury or protecting a kind of asset, like you're talking about, I actually think that's okay.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. Again, the move, I don't mind the move, protect your assets. I get it. Yeah. And Degrom wasn't happy about being taken out, but the source, and this is, again, when you start having sources in there leaking, you've got to start scratching your head and going, what's going on here? Like, what's happening? There's there's obviously... Uh, there, there's, there's no, something sure. going on They're here in the Mets. The
4: message right, yeah, absolutely. They're not controlling the message right, but I, 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 don't blame a team for wanting to control their asset. You know, it's the same as like we pull guys after a hundred pitches for a no hitter. Yeah, right. Same kind of reason. You, you, you got a long term investment. I understand that but the narrative and the communication and the media training of these guys leaves a little bit to be desired.
2: Yeah, it does, but what you've also got going is what they're saying is that when Van Wagenen failed to take responsibility for making that call because let us not forget Mickey Callaway got crushed by the media uh for doing it in that game because that's when all hell broke loose, of course, and the Mets ended up losing, but the idea he that have done his
4: own- like yeah. I said, and been like, yeah, we, we've we signed him. He's our long – he's the future right. pillar of this team. So yeah. We're going to make sure – we're always going to err on the side of caution when it comes to Jacob deGrom. Like, that's a completely valid response. If he literally came out and said that, yep, I did it because we're playing the long game with Jacob deGrom and we feel comfortable about doing so.
2: And that's not what he did. So now you've got guys in the clubhouse who are bent out of shape that you threw the manager under the bus. And, of course, when asked, you still – Denied any sort of having uh, any sort of say during the game as to what is going on. But obviously, that's not going to fly because players understand exactly where the orders are coming from. And, you know, you hire a manager. These guys are, you know, they're on the road together with each other all the time. There's a bond that happens there, Dane, where they don't like it when especially... You know, when a former, let's face it, he's an agent, he's an agent who is, you know, the the idea that there is no way he's going to play favor. Would he have done it if it wasn't a client of his? You got to understand, this is what the kind of conversations guys in the locker room are going to have. Like, oh, what? You know, he's going to protect his guy. Yeah. So the whole look is just awful. And the idea that it's being leaked when already the Mets were in the headlines for all the wrong reasons about threatening to kill beat reporters and everything else, it's, I'm shocked they didn't just fire Callaway after what he did there. I really am, because it, the writing was already on the wall, and this—you know that would have been just a perfect excuse to be like, all right, you know what, it's time to go. The rumors continue to swirl. But if Van Wagenen feels that Callaway is simply a puppet of his, then why go through the aggravation? If Van Wagen is really calling the shots, then of course he's going to keep Callaway because Callaway is just going to check his cell phone and go, all right, what what does he want me to do now? And again, rookie, you know, very new, newbie GM, former agent and newbie uh, first year, you know, head coach who was a pitching coach. He's he's destroyed. He hasn't handled the bullpen at all well at all. You're talking about a team that is what now uh, fourth place in the in the National League yeah. East. They've got Five talent. Under. Yeah, there's just so many things not going on, and and there are going to be bumps in the road for uh, for new guys, and we get this, but it's New York, man. It it's so hard. They smell blood, man. that That's the end of it. Yeah. They're just going to go. They're going for the jugular in New York. And I don't even know if this is the worst it's going to get. I really don't. I think this is this is going to be – we are going to continue to hear stories like this. Not uh, – well, it'll die down and maybe – I'm talking on a weekly, if not close to daily basis. The leaking is going to continue to come to the point where something is going to have to change, whether it be a new coach or a new GM. Something is going to have to change. But I can tell you this, it's uh, it's not good there. Syndergaard opening is screaming and yelling about the way the Mets do their – bit. It's, I can't imagine the dysfunction in that locker room right now. It makes it very hard to win games when everyone is finger-pointing at each other, which appears to be what's happening right now.
4: And I think that's the key, right? Like, honestly, Joe, there may be a handful of other locker rooms in Major League Baseball where there is acrimony, we mm. just don't know about it. right? You know what I mean, Joe? And I think that's the difference, right? That ever since Joe, remember the beginning of the year when Syndergaard felt like he could talk about the Mets had that two-game thing up in Syracuse yes. and the field up there, remember? Mm. Here's the thing though, Syndergaard felt that he could say something about it, right? right. And so the dirty laundry is out there. Cespedes and him fall, like falling off a horse or whatever it was, right? We knew about it. We knew about the details of it. I think that's the biggest difference, okay? Because some of these things things that are happening are probably happening with other teams right now you know worrying about favoritism worrying about the you know that kind of stuff but We don't know about it. I think – and especially you put, like you said, the New York sharks in the water kind of thing, right, looking for – in this media market, and that is where the equation is. That's the formula for a problem. That's the formula for a dumpster fire. That's the formula for the back pages of the post. That's why we hear about an 85-year-old pitching coach you know, and kind of being able to make fun about that as well. I actually believe that these are two separate issues, the PR of it all and the messaging and the leaking versus what's actually happened. Yeah, um, because protecting an asset, the front office saying that happens all the time. You know, front office is calling down to say, like, oh, here's the lineup you need to run out. That happens in Major League Baseball. But the fact that it's leaking is a different story. And that's what makes it look like the Mets are, you know, novice in Bush League right
2: now. And that is exactly what they are. And, you know, Mickey Coway an apology is an apology. Don't don't start quoting. Well, Billy Martin used to. You, you can't do that to the New York media, man. They will eat you alive. <laughs> eat you alive. All right, coming up here, we'll touch base on the uh, the golf tournament here this week. We'll give you some of our uh, plays. We'll see once again if we can make it rain for you here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
3: Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion. 2017 world number one
4: me personally i keep my game face on me all the time
3: especially coming out of the bunker leaving the range or even leaving the course
0: what's your story go to gamefacegrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs
4: Get in the game at DraftKings Sportsbook,
0: where listeners of this network can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Life is more fun when you have skin in the game, so test your skills at DraftKings, the game inside the game. Go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to claim your risk-free $500 bet. That's a
4: $500 risk-free bet at DraftKings Sportsbook when you go to sportsgrid.com slash DK. So head on over to sportsgrid.com slash DK and claim your risk-free bet today.
0: Time fantasy. If you draft the Grommish, you can't be upset. In today's environment, he's got a three two five ERA. You can be a little upset. No, I paid can't. like thirty eight dollars for him. I'm not getting my thirty eight dollars worth of value. He's been very good, but he hasn't been last year. Agreed? Well, you you cannot expect last year. He had a one point seven zero ERA. No, right, right. You couldn't expect it, but right. But I'm saying, could you expect a two point four going into this he year? He still might get there. Weekdays, two to four p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers
2: yeah nothing but class that houston rockets uh, organization there uh, goes to twitter and posts congrats to the new mvp but we respectfully disagree and uh, then they go ahead and uh, list a whole bunch of accomplishments by uh, james harden finished top two in mvp voting four of the last five First player in NBA history to average at least 35 points a game, seven assists in a single season, 40 plus points, 28 times this season, 50 plus nine times, and 60 uh, twice, 60 or more twice. Yeah, nice, good stuff. Yeah, another one of those. Hey, congratulations. But anytime you have a congratulations that you lead a sentence with and then but shows up, yeah, it's like uh, it's one of those things like, you know, with with all due respect, you know what's coming. Right. Absolutely no respect is coming. So, you know, I, you know, I don't want to offend you, but here what? I'm going to offend you is basically <laughs> right. what's going on here with the Houston Rockets. So a simple congrats to the new MVP, you know, and, and or James Harden's our MVP always will be. Hey, great. You want to? I get it. Yeah, but. The whole uh, congrats to the new MVP. And by the way, you didn't even name him. Okay? You didn't name him. All right? Try to be just a tad more, uh, you know, in tune with what's going on. Hey, congrats to Giannis. You know, the new the, uh, this year's MVP. But, you know, hey, we also want to recognize James Harden. Our guy, he's always our MVP. Some along those lines would have been perfect. The point would have been implied... We get it. He's your guy. But the whole congrats to the new MVP. But we respectfully disagree. Yeah. There's a reason why some people are just always a bridesmaid and never a bride. And I think James Harden falls into that category because when you take 90 shots a game, you're probably going to go ahead and, you know, or at least 90 free throws a game. Chances are you are going to go ahead and get a lot of gaudy numbers, but... Uh, I don't know if you were starting a team today and defense was actually a category you uh, you were concerned with. Heard about? Yeah, or, or heard about or actually played uh, at all. Uh, you, would you want Giannis or would you want James Harden? Uh, because the MVP is a cross, isn't it not? Isn't it a cross yeah. of offense and defense? I don't know. Call me crazy.
0: Absolutely,
4: yes. absolutely, and that's what I said at the beginning. The difference in defense mm. is really what made this. Don't
2: win. see any defensive numbers here by the Houston Rockets. Posted though, shocking. No, you will not shocking. Be those. Yes, those are against
4: D'Antoni's principles.
2: Yes. Yes. Hour number two coming your way as we make it rain to Fantasy Sports Radio Network.